0: You're listening to Insert Quest here. Today's quest is Cyber Knights by Mindberg. This is Solo, our single-player RPG show, and my name is Ray. My pronouns are they, them. Mindberg is a cyberpunk-ish game, uh, which was made as part of the Me, Myself and My RPG Game Jam. Uh, it is for one player. It is set in a dystopian future where you take on the role of a cyber knight in training. You must confront your mental weakness in order to strengthen yourself against psionic threats sent by the oligarchs. Uh, it's apparently quite a emotionally confronting game, um, according to the warning, well, the safety settings, rather. Warnings, warning, safety setting, whatever. Um... Uh, it uses a deck of cards to give you some prompts to respond to, and you're sort of going through these trials. Uh, so there's first, second, third, and final trial, and then the mental interrogation, and then the conclusions. Uh, there appears to be eight or so pages, or eight or so sections. Um, yeah, we're sort of going to jump into it. I'm not going to read out the mechanics, because they're pretty much what I read, um, what I just stated, rather. You draw a card and it'll give you a prompt. Um, But we will read some of the setting together. The oligarchs have seized control of the instruments of power in society and now rule with a cruel grip from the top of their chrome and plexiglass skyscrapers. The oligarchs are most powerful, are the most powerful capitalists of society. Billionaires who profit by the minute while the majority of the population struggles to survive on the streets below. Resistance is growing now though. Led by the Cyber Knights, the first Cyber Knights were created by the oligarchs to test cybernetic implants that granted telepathic abilities. However, a new development arose from the use of these implants. Empathy. The Cyber Knights became capable of understanding the plight of their fellow humans and rebelled against the oligarchs. Joining the resistance and becoming powerful agents and protectors. Now, a second generation of telepaths have been created by the oligarchs, but rather than being cybernetic, these new telepaths are entirely robotic in nature. Their programming has them aligned permanently and forcibly with the oligarchs, and they represent the greatest threat yet to the resistance. The cybernites must prepare themselves for these coming battles and have retired to meditate on their self image so that their mental fortresses will be impenetrable to these new threats. Um, I suspect that this might not have been written in, oh, there's a few, I was gonna say that this might not be written in English, but actually I don't know if that's true. There's a couple of like sentence formats that I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I corrected them on the fly just so that it sounded fine, but it was like one or two words. Um, So yeah, the mechanics are that you draw three cards, I think. Um, let me double check. Yes, you have the four decks. Yeah, you draw, at the beginning of each trial you will draw the top three cards from the trials deck and choose uh, one to describe the basic outline of the personality. There it says choose on, but I think they mean one. Um, Place the card you chose to use in front of you and the rest of the cards you draw into a discard pile on the side. Cool. Um, The first trial, the exterior. The first trial exposes the Cyber Knight to the part of their body that causes the most shame and loathing. They reflect onto themselves and see their frame in the mind's mirror and must come to accept their body as it is, lest they risk losing into these cycles of doubt and shame draw three cards from the spades deck. I've got my deck laid out in front of me. Uh, And choose one to represent the body part that is the source of your self-consciousness. A two, a nine, an eight. Okay. Let's see what those correspond to. Two is feet. Nine is hands. And eight is arms. Hmm. Personally, I don't have strong feelings about either of those. Uh, Any of those rather. I know that in my real life, I find my, I quite like my arms, um, and my hands too. Uh, so I guess we'll go with, th- you know what? I'm going to go with arms just because I feel like feet is going to be too hard for me to talk about. So we're going to stick with eight and then I think we discard everything. We discard the rest of that pile. Uh, cool. Uh, choose one to represent the body part that is the source of this self-consciousness. Then answer the following questions. So I've chosen my feet. What exactly do you like about this part of your body? My toenails feel ugly and my feet feel weak. They seem cramped more than I would like. If you could, how would you change that part of you? Hmm, I wouldn't mind having smaller toes and nicer, more uniform toenails. This feels so weird. <laughs> but. Uh, What insults have you received about this part of you? I've never received an insult about it directly, but I have often seen other people get insulted for the way their feet look. And I have drawn comparisons between how they look and how I look. When did you start to feel uncomfortable about this part? Hmm. I think it was when I was a teenager. Can you accept it as a natural part of yourself? I think I can. Um, They look the way they do because that is the way they are. Um, My toenails look strange because of the fact that I've dropped shit on them and fucked them up. Uh, And to be honest, so much of the rest of me looks nice. Uh, It doesn't seem like focusing on something that is hidden most of the time is worth my effort. Um, yeah, cool. Discard that. Next, the second trial, the longing. The longing. The second trial digs deeper into the Cyber Knight's psyche, laying bare their deepest desire. They see it in themselves. It says they seem in themselves. Oh no, it is, cr- it is seem. They seem in themselves a true reflection of their longings. Mm, no, I still think it should be C. Um, no matter how much they might hide that aspect of themselves, no matter how much they try to appeal to their better nature, within the crucible of the second trial trial, their naked desire is laid bare. So we're sort of looking into ourselves now. So the first one is sort of picking out something that you don't like. Yeah. Okay. I see. Interesting. So the first stage encourages you to focus in on stuff about the outside of your body. And then we sort of dig deeper as we go. And I imagine we're going to move past stuff about the body. Like this is not really about, um, your deepest desire. Cool. Draw three cards from the diamonds deck. (gasps) Cool. Not shuffled. That's fine. I'll just cut the deck and then shuffle it a little bit. There we go. Ten, five, three. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Um, so a 10 is safety. Five is fame, hmm. And three is power. Kinda of vague. Um these represent what this what you long for. Answer the following question. What do I long for? Safety. Safety's good, but mm, fame. I'm gonna go with power because that's nice and dangerous. Cool. Power. Why do you long for this thing? I long for power because I want to help people and I want to change the world for the better. And that is easier to do with power. And also because, I mean, power will give you everything else on there. If you have power, you'll be safe. If you have power, you can be famous if you so wish. It's not really fame, it's not really a thing that I crave um, super deeply. um, But power gives you freedom. To, uh, to help others and yourself. What obstacles prevent you from getting this thing? Hmm, I think the things that prevent me from obtaining the power that I need or want are generational and economical, and oligarchs stand in my way. Uh, they keep power for themselves and for their own, uh, and fear others having power. What trust would you have to betray to make progress in acquiring this thing? I think that a short-term, a short-sighted way to obtain power would be to side with the oligarchs to help them. Uh, But that would betray the trust of my friends and my family and also my own morals. Uh, And I don't really think that winning is worth that cost. What oaths would you have to break to make this thing your own? Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. I mean, assuming I'm a cyber knight, uh, then I would have to break my oath of helping people. Cause how am I helping people? If I am, if I am working with the oligarchs, um, how would you use this thing to make lives better? I would change the way the system is set up. I would restructure it so that more people had power and so that it wasn't consolidated into the hands of the few. I would open up opportunities for education. I would make sure everyone was fed. I would protect people. Why do you deserve this? I don't know if I do deserve it, and I think anyone that knows for sure that they deserve it probably doesn't, (laughs) to be honest. Um, I hope that I deserve it. And I hope that I can use it, but I know that the people that currently hold all the power don't deserve it because of the fact that they choose to hold onto it and keep it for themselves. Cool. Boom. Diamonds. Done. The third trial. The shame. The third trial pokes at a sore wound, at a lingering shame that burns in the depth of the Cyber Knight's unconsciousness. At some point in the past, they did something wrong. Perhaps something terribly wrong, perhaps something mildly wrong, but that wrong action has haunted them ever since. Only by excising and examining this shame can it be brought to resolution. Draw three cards and choose the one that best represents the cause of shame. So we're going to draw clubs now. And so it's got three columns on the page and a title up the top, and then it's got your list of what the cards correspond to down on the right. Sorry, there's a French bulldog in my yard. <laughs> anyway, it's not my French bulldog. It's a random stray, whatever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's these three columns and, the, and it lists clubs and then what each card corresponds to. I think it'd be really good if the titles, either in the um, in the content section or on each page, had the symbol for the card suit next to it. Uh, It would just make it easier to know which deck of cards you need to have ready. But yeah, spades, spades, clubs, clubs. Um, Cool. Let's shuffle this a little bit. Not really shuffled properly. Cut the deck and we'll shuffle a little bit more. A five, a 10 and a six. (laughs) Okay, five is you ran from a trouble. 6 is looked away from corruption and 10 is supported someone vile. I'm going to take 10 off the table because I'm not interested in that one. 5 and 6, looked away from trouble or ran from. I'm going to go with 6 because this feels resonant with me. Um, I often feel like I ignore bad behavior too easily in order to try and protect myself. That's the one we're gonna go with. Now we answer the following questions. Why does this deed still burn so hot? Because it's not one deed, it's multiple deeds. It's every moment of every day where you choose to ignore some evil. Why can you not forgive yourself for what you've done? Because there's still room for me to improve, because I still can do more, because I keep letting bad things happen to people when I could help? Who was hurt most deeply by your actions? I don't think that I truly know, but I think... I don't think I truly know who this hurt the most. It hurts me a lot, but I haven't seen it hurt anyone else directly, but I know that it has. But that's the thing about looking away and ignoring this stuff. You don't see it. You are choosing to not see it. And so I'm sure that it has hurt friends and family and people that I don't even know. What consequences remain unresolved even now? I think that I continue to benefit from this corruption in some way. um, And that I feel unable to make recompense because the benefiting from this corruption keeps me safe and giving it up would render me powerless. What mitigating circumstances made you do this deed? Mitigating circumstances. I think it's that thing. It's the same thing that I said before. It's the, it's the need for safety. If I'm, if I, if you cannot, if you, if helping another puts you in danger, then you've got two people in danger instead of just one. But that still feels like a cop out. And you can't, and there's that thing of you can't help people if you, if you, if it makes you unsafe or whatever, or it will, or it will destroy you or whatever. But that just still feels like a lie. It feels like the people that are helping people are putting themselves at risk and they are putting themselves on. It feels like you could do more. But I think the mitigating circumstance is it would have put me in danger. How can you turn the shame into a tool that propels you to do better? I think fighting to help people and to push that boundary and make myself and forge myself into someone who can help more widely, uh, using the guilt that I feel about being unable to help to push me forward. There we go, clubs, done. Next, the final trial, the trauma. The final trial of the Cyber Knight Reveals their deepest trauma the pain that they've never been able to truly heal uh, That lingers on in scar tissue in their mind though It stings to look upon it must be understood if they are to have the strength they require Draw three cards from the heart's deck and choose one to represent the source of this pain. Oh Here we go. Let's see what we get King ace Five. Fucking five. So many fives. Okay. Five. You witnessed a horrible violence. Nope. I'm not going to do that one. King. Cheated on by a spouse. Mm. Grew up in extreme poverty. Grew up in extreme poverty. That is the one I'm going to go for. Although I didn't grow up in extreme poverty. I grew up in like personally, I did grow up in poverty. Um, so I'm going to do my best to negotiate this to the bit be- with the knowledge that I have, but hopefully it turns out okay. How old were you when this hurt happened? This hurt happened from the moment I was born. Who is the most responsible for that pain? The oligarchs are the one most responsible for this pain. Um the oligarchs would have us believe that it is our family's fault that we live in poverty, or that it is uh some fault of those from Other countries or that it is some personal failing but in truth it is their hoarding of power and wealth that keeps us in poverty how often do the nightmares come the nightmares come whenever a bill looms whenever you haven't checked your bank account in a recently whenever you need to fix something the nightmares return this fear uh, of everything falling apart. What about this event makes it so hard to talk to other people about? I don't think it's the event itself, but it is the way people view it. Because so many people view poverty as a personal failing instead of failing of our culture or our society. And so it makes it hard to talk about because people want to make it a personal problem instead of looking at it as looking at it from its true cause, the oligarchs. When the chips are down, who can you rely on? I can rely on my friends and the other knights who I have gathered around me, uh, and sometimes my family. Can you keep going? I have to keep going because if I don't keep going, the oligarchs win. And if I don't keep going, then it'll be worse for the people that come after me. And if I don't keep going, then I'll die and to die would be a terrible waste. There we go. This is going to be an interesting one to uh, content warning. Um, mental integration battle. Examining the suppressed aspects of self is only the first step in achieving true resolution. Next, the Cyber Knight must integrate them into themselves fully and truly without hesitation or doubt to transform these forbidden things into the light of the self. To make them bricks in the mental fortress rather than weak points. But this is a perilous task, one that involves not only confronting but embracing the parts of the self that the Cyber Knight most despises. This is a task fraught with danger, and one that must be done alone. Failure is perhaps inevitable, but the task must be attempted. Oh, I meant to take the cards from. Let's uh, grab this back. Correct, actually. Hang on a minute. Pretty sure. All right, let's just double check that I've got the right cards. So we did feet, that was two, was that two of diamonds. And then we did, I should have realized that I was meant to keep them in front of me. i misread that. Um, then we did power, which was a th- of, oh no, that might've been, fuck. Um, power was a three of diamonds, three of diamonds, three of diamonds, bleh, fuck this up, <laughs> interesting. Um, you know, it probably did say, keep this in front of you, but it wouldn't hurt to have that restated. <laughs> Evidently, I missed it. Um, a two, then want six of clubs, and then we want an ace of heart. Cool. There we go. Um. Cool. Uh, take the diamond card in front of you and guess whether or not the next card you drew from the diamond guess whether or not the next card you draw from the diamond deck will be higher or lower than the card you hold. Ah. Okay, so I made a mistake here. I, um, I shuffled the cards that I discarded into the stacks that I had before. Uh, when what you are meant to do, when what you are meant to do is, uh, put them, dis- discard them, but then keep the previous stacks intact. So I'm just sort of have to play it where it lies. Um, yeah, I think it did explain that, but I just sort of missed it. Um, I recall it explaining that, but I just misunderstood that we were going to come back to that. Um, that's sort of a component of these, uh, I've played a few of these solo games and some of them assume that you're going to play it blind and others don't. Um, I did read over this to see uh, whether I would need to, uh, how much setup I would need to do, but I evidently I didn't read this part thoroughly enough. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, um, I do prefer a solo game that is designed to be played blind. Um, in fact, I prefer a game, any sort of procedural game with like where, where it's leading you through, uh, to have all the information laid out, um, as you go. Uh, I think this did do that. And I think that I just didn't read it thoroughly enough. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So we take the diamond card. Um, and guess whether the next card will be higher in value. So my diamond card is a three. I think the next card will be higher. If you're right, place both cards back down in front of you. Um, the next card is higher. It's a king of diamonds. Uh, otherwise discard both cards and repeat for the remaining suits. Okay. Cool. I, all right. Um, for the... Ace, I think it will be lower. Ooh, it's higher. You know, it's a two, I should have guessed higher because there was no other way it could have gone. (laughs) Uh, All right, discard both cards if you are wrong. Um, Cool, Uh, clubs, this deck. I think it's going to be, I've got a six. I think it's gonna be higher. Fuck, lower. (laughs) Discard both cards. All right, ace of hearts. How does this rank them? Ace is the highest, it has to be lower. It's a king, it's lower. All right, (laughs) shit. Now what? After finishing all four suits, tally up the number of cards you have in front of you and compare the total to the chart below. This result will describe how well your Cyber Knight does in the coming battle against the oligarchs. So in total, I have four cards. Four, victory comes after a long battle. One that leaves your allies bleeding and broken, but still clinging on. You, however, have your cybernetic implants overloaded and destroyed, preventing you from accessing your psionic abilities. Ooh. Conclusions. With the story of your Cyberknight concluded, it is time to move on. The trials and tribulations of the Cyberknight are a narrative that is yours for now, but only a story. If the game provides some insight into your own p- pains, please consider pursuing care with a qualified medical professional. No matter how the story of the Cyber Knight ends, the will to oppose tyranny and oppression will survive. The resistance begins here, and it ends only when all are truly free. Pack up your cards, clean up your space, and face the day with the spirit of vigour power. Hmm. I like this. It's good. I have a few things. Some typos, but that's whatever. The thing about, I think, the thing about the um, symbols being at the top of the pages for what needs to be used, uh, and the battle mechanic is cool, but I think, I think that it should, I think it needs something written here to prompt you to describe more about what the final battle means. Um, you, you could just do that anyway, but it doesn't really ask you to expand on the details for example, you could have a question at the end of that, like how, what do you do without your psychic abilities? Like you could have a question on the end of each of these descriptors, um, uh, which would help you sort of take control of these end states, which would make it, I think would make you feel more connected to the story. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting game. Um, I liked it. Uh, The descriptive text recommends that it's going to take uh, 90 minutes to play. I think we played it in like way less than that. Um, But I really like this. I think it's really good. Uh, I have an interview coming up soon with this designer, so that will be fun. Um, Stay tuned for that. If you enjoyed listening to this or you want to learn more about other solo games, you can listen to our whole series about solo games where I play through a whole bunch. Uh, of stuff from the Emotional Maker Game Jam and other places, um, and if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can find a link down below. Uh, but for now, farewell from the past. I'm Ray.